Hey guys, welcome to episode 75 of the JV Club. One more quarter and we have got a dollar's worth of episodes on our hands. I'm very excited about that. Can't think of a better way to celebrate our 75th episode than with the luminous, marvelous, beautiful Sarah Watkins. Yikes, that was a little, uh, maybe that was a little extreme. I hope I didn't make anyone uncomfortable. Um, Sarah Watkins, such an amazing musician. Uh, what a great guest. I am so excited to say that we will be playing at the end of the podcast uh, one of her songs. It is um, You and Me, and it is on the Sun Midnight Sun uh, album, which is definitely available on iTunes because I recently gifted it to Heather W., friend and fan of the podcast. Dear, dear friend, uh, dear, dear Sketchfest uh I'm going to call you like an associate producer, but I'm not even sure what that means. Uh, let me get some shout outs out there. Kate A, I want to thank you so much for your marvelous, marvelous email. Emily Linden uh, has a wonderful project called the Unslut Project. The Unslut Project, and we'll be talking about it more in a future episode. But in the interim, I encourage you to go to Kickstarter, check out the Unslut, that's U-N-S-L-U-T, Unslut Project, that uh, involves... Um, it involves self-esteem in, for younger women. Uh, it involves kind of debunking some uh, myths about stereotyping and uh, is all around just a really great project. So check that out. I want to thank from the Jackie Nerdist page, as always, Todd, Mark, Paul, Maria, Al, PJ, Amy, Miller, Andy, and Scott. Some of you feel a little shy when I shout you out at the beginning of an episode. You were just going to have to get used to it, guys. What can I say? I'm appreciation. I'm appreciation. What can I say? I'm appreciation personified. That's not far from the truth. Uh, on the Facebook page, Deborah Kane and Shmoo Liz, if I've missed anyone, I apologize. I'm throwing this together before uh, a special guest comes over that I'm going to be podcasting for a future episode. I'm very excited about it. Um, I think that's it. I gave you information on Sarah. I gave you some shout outs. What more do you need from me? Had a great time at Outside Lands in San Francisco. Um very excited to start planning Sketchfest. I can't believe it's that time again already. And as many of you Cora fans already know, the uh, air date has been announced for Cora. But now that I'm saying that, I suddenly realize that I don't remember what it is. I think it's September 13th. Is that right, guys? I'm checking Twitter really quickly because I don't want to have to re-record this entire thing. I'm pretty sure... That it's the 13th. This is me killing time while I look this up. While I look this up. Oh my God. This is just ridiculous. Isn't it the 13th, guys? Yes, 9-13. Phew, thanks for hanging in. Um, I'm nothing if not unprofessional. I've established that before. Please enjoy this episode and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Now entering Nerdist.com. Getting right into it with Sarah Aloysius Bogdanovich Yensky Watkins. I can only assume that that's your full name. Yensky. Ulrika is my middle name. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Ulrika? It's Swedish. That's a great middle name. Thank you. What, were you named after someone in your family? You. Oh, in, in fact, in adorable frames, too. Oh, that's a... <gasps> what that, is... Oh. Check out that, that it's a porcelain oh, frame no. 
with no glass or anything, but you slide the little picture down the back of it. <laughs> oh, you sure do. Yeah. This is a, guys, I will take a picture of this, but this is a beautiful porcelain frame with a rose on each corner. Oh, yeah. Because anything it's less would not thorough. be enough roses. Yeah. And there, is this a pony? That's Coco. He's my, who's my horse. Oh, Coco. He will, was he that, will be was Coco fully grown? Yes, he was. It's, the, he just looks small to me, but maybe it's because well, it's a tiny picture, frame. The picture's small. <laughs> I don't know how size it's not, works. It's not. So you're telling me this is an actual size. <laughs> he's not an actual size, tiny horse that's one inch tall. No, it's, he's, he was, he was a little taller than that. Okay, I understand. Is he still? No, he's, he's passed on. Nickering with us? <laughs> nickering. Not. Isn't that like a, that's a thing you, that horses, horses are described? Really? It, you know how I know that? It's possible. I've said, if, I've, if I've brought this up on the podcast before, that's odd. But um, I used to read Nancy Drew books. My mom gave me all her Nancy Drew books. Mm-hmm. And I, for some reason, I specifically remember that that, and it might just, I might be getting confused because I think her boyfriend's name was Ned Nickerson now that I'm saying it, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that a horse nicker, like I've seen, like I've read in books, like the horse nickered softly at her. Right, that could be. Nickered. I mean, neighing is a thing. Yeah, but neighing is like nickered louder. Is like okay. Isn't neighing yeah, there more are, there of are... like a, nickering is more like a, <sighs> yeah, like, okay. I can't even do it. I can take that. I'll, I'll, I'll get I that. just, I don't even know what voice, what sound I just made. You made a, a nicker. It was a little bit like I was talking a loogie. It wasn't like a, <sighs> I didn't do that. That's better. I was like a... I did like a weird asthmatic. <laughs> so nickering is when a horse is very sick. Evidently, <laughs> according to me. I'm taking off my shoes, Sarah. I don't have a choice. Mine oh, you are, already beat me to the punch. Off, man. Um, Eureka? Eureka. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, is, that, is there anyone in your family with a, with a name Yeah, Yeah, great, a great aunt. Okay. A great aunt in Sweden who I don't know. Do you have much family still in Sweden? There are some cousins. I really want to go to Sweden bad. I have been to Stockholm a couple of days, but I've never met my cousins over there. Was that on like on a tour? I think we've all forgotten about each other at this point. Like the the connector, <laughs> the connector generation was my grandparents' generation. Yeah, and I think that that those those oh, folks. Oh, it's passed never on, too so. late. Maybe I mean it would it would be amazing. I know they live up. You've got to get north, back in touch with them. If I, had, if I had any family living anywhere besides the United States, I would track them down post haste. Yeah. It would it would be great. I would I, I would love to at some point, but um, we'll see. Because all the Swedes speak English anyway. They do. So many of the European countries are just like super proficient, and they speak much better English than I do. That's exactly, sure. exactly. Um, Ulrika, okay, I like it. I don't think that I knew that you had that much uh, Swedishness in you. That I doubt that you did. Character. Most people think a lot of people think that I have Asian in me. Oh, like, really? strangers come up to me, have come up to me, three times and said. Ask me about my ethnicity, and then That's they're like, "No, you've got you're Asian." I guess I could see that a little bit, but I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah what what template we put together? I know this. Uh, I, I mean, never. Let me say, just, I never would have seen that or thought that had you not just said that. Yeah. So I'm not one of those strangers who's going to impose myself on you in probably an inappropriate and privacy disturbing way. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I know how much you have against Asian people. Um, but it is weird. Like that's, I, that's I, a, I take it as exotic. I, that's how I would like for to sure. Take it. I, will, I always get excited when people say, "Are you from?" Uh, people think that I'm Swedish or that for some reason that it, seems, it sounds amazing. It sounds it fancy. Sounds better than like Anglo, yeah. French, English. Irish, Scottish. Yep. Like that kind of muttness seems kind of boring. Yeah. Sweden's good. My middle name, thanks for asking, is Maureen. <laughs> uh, very Irish. See, super snore. But I am named, my, my middle name is after one of my aunts who I could not love more. So it is good. That uh, is good. A not great aunt. I mean, she's a great aunt. 
but she's my mom's she's sister. She's spectacular. Thus, she's not my great aunt. She's my regular aunt. Uh-huh. I don't know how that works. Regular aunt. That, how did the term great come to mean like a generation apart from you? You know what I mean? I don't know. Great, your, your grandparents, your great and grand, mind you. Great. My grandparents, my great grandparents. Mm-hmm. Those are really positive I words. Think it's, yeah. Maybe because they've survived. The fact that the mere fact that they're still alive. I like it. Must be some karmaic uh, testament like <laughs> to their, like it. their greatness. I can get on board for that. Sure. Is it possible that instead of great, great grandparents, we should start saying our super great grandparents? And then after that, it's like your superb, super great grandparents. That's like how you stretch back further and further in the generations. As we as we continue to stay alive for hundreds of years. Yeah. Things are going to have to shift if we keep living this long. patenting some options. This is going to be great. Mm-hmm. We really nailed this thing down. Done. Thank you so much for driving all the way here. Oh, I'm, I was happy to. How... Do you want me to acknowledge where you came from, or is that creepy? Do you have oh, somebody no, who's going to drive to the no, place I'm, where I'm you sure were? I'm sure it's on... You were coming from Carlsbad? Yeah, Carlsbad, near San Diego. That's where I live. Yeah, so you drove all the way up here. I did. You have something else going on. Yeah, I I, um, I come up to Los me. Angeles a lot, Yeah. and uh, like many many times a week, so it's okay. really nothing, okay. and um, so you shouldn't think that you're special <laughs> at all. I, want, I, I know <laughs> that's where that was going, I want you to know I'm... Humbled. <laughs> I'm suitably humbled. I'm going to Evan Schletter's house after this. So yeah, no, that's he's already <laughs> ages better than I am. Um, I'm like your your friend. He's like your great friend because your friendship has arrived longer. <laughs> I'm trying to turn into the grandparents' things. I'm trying to call, come full circle. It's not working. Um. So yeah, I know I came up from Carlsbad. I live down there, and uh, I'd like to get up here. I'd like to live up here. How long have you lived down there? I'm from, that's where I'm but from. You're from? Yeah. So Your there's family. been time. Mm-hmm, all lived my, my parents live in Vista, which is nearby and cousins and things. And so, but I really love it down there. And when I was touring a lot, um, I, it, it's a great place to come home to. It's a really great place to be off the road, but I'd like, like to start working up here more and touring yeah. a little less. Is it like San Diego? I mean, it, what's the vibe? It's of North Carlsbad? County. It's a little bit more chill than San Diego. Um, Is it near the beach? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and like, will I pass through? It's Carlsbad where Legoland if I'm is. in the. Oh, yeah. Wow. So when you're on the five no and you been. go past, you go through twenty miles of Camp Pendleton, beautiful nothingness. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Oceanside, which is the first town, and then Carlsbad is the next. Okay. Town. So I recently was discussing being on the Surfliner, I guess, with Autumn Reeser because she is also from. Maybe Oceanside. That's is funny. she really? Man, I've, I've had, had this weird. To, I might have discussed yeah, that because you guys her. know each other a little bit. Um, I'm having a lot of like twofers lately, where suddenly out of nowhere I'll have like two, like the like two back to back people. Well, this isn't exactly back to back, but close. Two back to back Texans, and then like no Texans for a long time, and then two back to back Coloradans, and no Coloradans otherwise. Now I have two almost back to back San Diegans. But I wouldn't say you're a San Diegan. You're a Carlsbadian. I say San Diegan. It's we're in the county. Okay, it counts. North County. Yeah, North, North county. county. So it's super chill. And did you grow up like surfing and stuff too? I grew up in the water. I grew up bodyboarding, which is the uncool cousin of surfing because well, that's what my that's what my brother did. We so call it I, boogie boarding. Boogie boarding, yes. But the, when we take it a little cool bit more sounding. seriously, <laughs> we bodyboard. <laughs> Okay. Um, we changed the name. <laughs> um, so yeah, my brother got into that when uh, he's four years older than I am. I think I was like thirteen when he started to really get into that, and um, or maybe younger. 
And so I just tagged along, really. Did you wear with boogie bodyboarding? Please have some respect. Sorry, (laughs) I am so sorry. I do not mean to make a mockery, but I do enjoy bodyboarding. (laughs) Unfortunately, I always call the boogie boarding, so this is just something I have to get through. (laughs) Um, Did you? (laughs) I'm even laughing about it because I'm thinking about the fact that I was the sort of dilettante at best, wearing like you know my shabby one suit, like one piece bathing suit as a child boogie boarding mm-hmm. and just hoping to get some you know momentum and so i was about to ask you if you wore like if you were like a surfing suit the way you were, that you surfers fins, do you were friends you, you know? do well the surfing suit i think is, is what, you're, what you're referring to as the wetsuit which Thank is <laughs> really, um there's I'm no adding a thousand right now there's no pile of tompkins of water <laughs> there but should we, um, be there should be Oh, um, somewhere where there's no sharks, perhaps. <laughs> but um, the wetsuit is to keep you warm. Yeah. <laughs> but in the summer time, you don't always I do need, need it. you to explain things. So to me. a lot of other people yes. will just wear shorts or a bathing suit, even when they're surfing. I feel I always yeah. see people in wetsuits when they're surfing. Yeah, usually. I mean, the, yeah, a lot of times, especially up here, it's a little I don't colder. Pacific Ocean is really cold. Let's mm-hmm. just get right down to it. Even in the, I mean, I did spend summers. I'm going glad we finally stopped beating on the bush. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here. I'm not afraid to say the Pacific Ocean is cold. Up till this point, well, I was you terrified. were. You were until I, now. I was terrified, but I finally come clean and admitted that I do think it's cold. It's, but it, but it is. I only grew up with the idea of the ocean being one temperature. I don't know about you, but like, how much did you know about the East Coast when you were growing up on the West Coast? Not much. I think I always just thought the ocean's cold no matter where you are until someone was like, when you're little though, it doesn't feel cold. Does it like, it's true. When I remember when I was little, I remember being, we would always go to, uh, we'd have bonfires. Like, you know, the family friends would get together and you have bonfires. Everything you eat has tons of sand in it. Uh-huh. And uh, you're biting down on sandwiches. Oh, like grit. the crunchiest, grittiest sandwich. Yeah. People I'm sure break teeth and stuff sometimes. Really? Do they must have like <laughs> real the sand in Arizona is a lot, a lot uh, crunchier. Oh, I'm thinking of broken glass. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but I think Marbles. sometimes when you bite something, a little pebble or something, if like you're eating salad that wasn't washed all the way, it's like super uh-huh. organic from a farmer's market. Have you, you bite broken, down on a piece have of you broken some teeth on Sarah, spinach? I have broken a tooth on a nut before. Well, yeah, a but molar. not on spinach. Not on spinach grit. I'll grant you that. <laughs> I think I have a paranoia about it. Bye, Maria. Uh, Maria just made a a surprise appearance on the podcast. Um, Maria is a dear, dear family friend who uh, comes and uh, helps me make the house look pretty so that guests can say things like, you have a pretty house. Um, uh, So can I go out and look around now? Yeah, you can. Now that she's she's leaving. God, that's kind of weird. I got to acknowledge right now, I hate to change the subject really quickly, but um, I did not grow up with enough money to ever, ever, ever think twice, like even consider having somebody who comes in and helps you clean and stuff. Oh, no. And um, and so I have, uh, I do have like weird uh, issues with the, like I still feel kind of odd about it, even though she's a family friend. I love her. She's like a second mom. I love when I see her. We hang out. She like, we like figure out like the ways to sew stuff together and stuff like that. So it's not even like, and it, by the way, it wouldn't matter if, you know, that doesn't make me a better person than if you have a cleaning lady who comes in once a week or whatever. But I do have this weird feeling in me. Like I never thought, I feel that I never thought I would have someone help me come in and clean. Because you have these weird, uh, you have these, um, first of all, I just got a Roomba, which is my equivalent. Oh, I tried a Roomba. It's awesome. Okay. See, I couldn't, 
It didn't go well for me. It went really well for me. That's great for you. <laughs> but so this is that that's my guilt free uh yeah. cleaning solution. But it um <laughs> but there are there are those weird things where you like you you still are holding on to how you used to perceive things, even though they might have been incomplete yeah. ideas of what it meant to like your idea when you were a teenager or your early 20s or whatever what it would mean to have someone help you clean your house I is like, not necessarily the truth of things yeah i, I you're still holding on to yeah, it totally i mean i i don't know about you but like i really had the in my mind because i like all the kids i you know went to school with or so many of them were hispanic or black or and i was in kind of a minority and i associated the idea of like having anyone in this case and in california a lot of the time they are hispanic people for, for whatever reason um that like if you were a white person and you brought someone Hispanic in to clean your house, you were a dick. Right. Like you were a rich asshole and there was a class war and yeah. you thought you were better than people. And I was so like vehemently opposed to that. And then, you know, then it was like, but hey, Maria can totally come help you and you can pay her and that's what she does and you guys can yeah. hang out. Like, it, so it became something totally different. And now even friends of mine who are, you know, school teachers who have no money, who live in studio apartments, have somebody who comes and helps them clean because they're never home or whatever. But I still... Because it's worth it. But I felt it. I felt it when she came to say goodbye and I said goodbye. I felt myself get like, okay. I've got to talk about this on the podcast because I feel weird yeah. that I'm saying goodbye to my cleaning lady and her name's Maria. I'm just going to put it out there right now and say, I worry that's, that someone out there has the thoughts that I had when I was younger. And it's like, oh, Lottie Dodgy and it can't clean her own house. Yep. What an asshole. Not as well as she did. That's for sure. She does a good job. I mean, she's amazing. Yeah. She's amazing. Um, but we both found this thing on my window I'll show you before you leave that looks like almost like a like a pressed leaf pattern it's just white but it's on the window and it's just really pretty almost like a piece of a fern or something that's white and neither one of us has washed it off the window because we don't know what it is and it's really pretty but I kind of think it might have been like a really gross bug that just hung out there for a while like almost like a millipede or something it's not just the um like a a suction cup of some kind some climbing I'll show you I'll show you because it's it's in a weird spot. I can't I can't account for it otherwise. So anyway, I still feel uncomfortable with the conversation. I feel uncomfortable about being uncomfortable. That's no. my many layers of feeling uncomfortable on the podcast about Be at Maria. Ease. Be but at I do ease. love my Maria. Let's see, I just said it like I owned her. God, this is getting worse and worse, guys. Worse and worse. Everything I say is getting oh my worse. Gosh. Sarah, let's get back to you. Uh, so you didn't have anyone who cleaned your house when you were growing no, up? No, we were broke. You were broke but happy in Carlsbad, bodyboarding all the live long day. Yeah. But that's your brother who's older than you. But how? how what's your family composition like from my, when you were an uh, adolescent? My, I grew up in a, a town called Vista, which is just inland of Carlsbad. And uh, my parents are both teachers. My dad uh, taught middle school for 35 or something years. Bless him. Love it. My dad taught, taught high school for 25. Ooh. Same. Yeah. My gosh. And then uh, my mom teaches. She works with special ed kids and another teacher as well. Bless and her. And I know both of them. And um, and we grew up in this house, you know, with three months off in the summertime because of the, the traditional schedule. So we go camping a lot in the summers. And, and then I started playing music my parents put us in lessons um well put my brother in piano lessons and then um her the teacher's son played in a bluegrass band every week once a set once every saturday night uh from like you know 7 to 10 p.m or whatever 
a marathon of three, three or four hours set um, in a pizza parlor. And so that would just kind of became what we did as a family on Saturday nights. It's like cheap entertainment and Sunday was our family day. So it was like getting us into Sunday. And did you have, I can't believe I'm about to ask this because it's, it's, I, I feel like I must already know the answer, but what I want to say is this, and for those of you who don't know Sarah's work, I congratulate you for what you are about to find out is your new favorite music, <laughs> um, because uh, she's an amazing musician. Her family is a family of amazing musicians. Uh, there are many opportunities to listen uh, online and also live when they do go out and tour, and sometimes you're up here at Largo. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so for for those of us who maybe don't have as close of a knit family or who don't have a family who did stuff like that together, yeah. much less create this beautiful, iconic, kind of traditional, you know, like the McGarrigals or, you hmm. know, these other iconic families who sing and, and perform together. Did you have any sense of that as you were a child? Were you like, this is really special and different and like, there no, aren't that many people doing this? Not until later. I mean... <clears throat> no uh because when you're a kid your world is so small you just kind of deal with what's in front of you right so but we would like i loved we the the camping trips that we did before music happened we'd go to colorado and my parents used to they'd be really outdoorsy types and they went um backpacking and things before we came around and then i'm the second child so a lot of of stuff just two just the two of you yeah yeah. so a lot of that stuff fell fell by the wayside but um but we still did these trips and um, it just transferred over to bluegrass festivals. So once we started playing music, um, and I should say the band that played, we became friends with them, and, and they would have us on stage to like sing songs that I learned in kindergarten. And like it was a really, uh, it's a really family friendly kind of environment. I love that so much. I'm so, so envious. It was it was really fun. And but I mean, it still happens quite a bit. I look around and there'd be, you know, there's um, still bluegrass and pizza parlors. <laughs> and <laughs> I guess that I did not make the association with. I guess I wouldn't necessarily think you guys let's go check out some bluegrass. Where's For whatever the reason, shakies? it's consistent. I think it's like cheap family kind of kids can run around and there's usually a stage for sports or something like there's some like a like a viewing. A lot of times there's like a big screen or whatever. There used to be. Anyway. I What's remember the name of the pizza parlor that, that you it's called that pizza place and it's an ocean side. That pizza place for that clever. pizza place, right? Meta. And uh, but the band would play and the kids would like you know play balloon volleyball and I would fall asleep at like eight o'clock on the bench, just like straddling a bench and just sleep for the rest of the night and then you know. I love it. But it was really fun and um, and started playing because it looked normal and um, I think that's a big deal for kids, especially you know. It's not this music shouldn't be this thing outside of you. It should be more integrated into real life if it can yes, be, you know, indeed, indeed, in a tangible way. So it doesn't feel so much like, well, mom and dad said I had to get a thing. So we or like, signed up for a thing and uh, totally, hour yeah. I go to this for weird some reason, woman's house. No, and, we never listen to classical music, but I guess I'm going to learn how to play it because, yeah. you know, violin, because that's just what you do. And yeah, I grew up playing bluegrass which was a little bit uh just as obscure come to find out (laughs) but um i had to deal with that in later years (laughs) (laughs) well how did so what was the first because you play multiple instruments so did you say mostly just fiddle though okay and that's and and do you remember your process of figuring out what was going to be your instrument and stuff i asked to play fiddle when i was four and my mom tried to pawn me off on flute which Mm -hmm. i'm 
Um, and what was her reasoning for that? I don't know. I think maybe it was sounded quieter or <laughs> like just more parents, more normal. Fair. Or maybe that's I don't know. She maybe she's giving me options. Uh-huh. But um, and then when I was six, I took Suzuki lessons. It's a great way to start. It's a classical method, and they teach you the gr- really great fundamentals. They've got a really solid method for kids. And then after I got the the basics down, they just like beat down the door of of Dennis Kaplinger, who was my became my fiddle teacher, and just was like, please will you teach her? Please will you teach her? Please will you teach her? And then he did finally. He wasn't a professional teacher; he was a professional player. And he was down there as well. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, he convenient. was the guy that I that I saw who made me want to play fiddle. Yeah. So you even thought because I mean this is <laughs> I just this might be the dorkiest I've ever been on any episode probably because I'm such a huge fan of your music so I'm oh, just geeking out but um, but uh, even the even calling it a fiddle is like that's already you set yourself apart to be doing something other than like <laughs> I play the doomed. violin you know, I know what I mean but, but I know just... it's so charming because that's just not how kids think of instruments I don't think I really do think that unless you come from a musical family it is this I loved what you said earlier about this this thing that's a part that's yeah, out there somewhere. Like why, why would I want to do that? And for me, I was a really practical kid too. So uh, that would never have worked on me. Do you think that um, teachers breed pragmatism in their kids? Because I feel like I was too. I and I think so much of it had to do with my parents being educators, both of them. It might have been. I was pretty, um, I was a total daddy's girl. And um, and anything I could do to impress him was was my goal. So like... If I felt like he wanted me to be tough, I'd be tough. I felt like he wanted me to like just uh, you know. So it was it was it was in my mind that I was I wanted to be like um, the anti girly girl. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. He would have been fine with what anything. You know, he he would have. That's not at all. Now that I actually know him, that's not what he really wanted from me. But I had this idea that I wanted to be like you know in the workshop with him or building stuff or you know yeah. something like that. And um, and I was a practical kid, so if if something seemed aesthetic, just purely for like decoration, wasn't into it. Hats, Interesting. They got to be practical. <laughs> I'm not wearing a decorative it's, hat. It's very sunny and uh, near the ocean. You do need to protect your skin. You do, but don't wear one of those wimpy sunny. hats. It's not going to cover your face. If you wear a hat, wear a hat. Yeah, that's what I said. Uh, that makes perfect sense to me. I can see why your father was so proud. <laughs> If you're going to wear a hat, <laughs> wear a hat, my daughter always used to say. That's all I need from she her. She really had a good perspective. No, I mean, he doesn't even, I don't think he even knows that, but I'm just, you know, my, my brain, I'm imagining like 20 different scenes and hats are what came out. <laughs> I, I like it. It makes perfect sense to me. And we managed to <laughs> fold it right back into the beach culture, which as you know, I clearly know a very Continuity. much about, including talking about surfing suits. So I'm, so, so in high school, how much of your life had to do with your family and playing music and bodyboarding? And then what was your... Thank you. Uh, what was your high school experience like and how did that I fold into all this? I was homeschooled in high school. Well, Have you had you a homeschooler? You probably have. Uh, I don't know if I've had somebody who's been homeschooled through high school. I'm going to say nay, nay to that. This is very exciting. Let me point you to exhibit B. Oh, your honor. I appreciate it. Um, I'm not sure why the judge would be providing is, evidence in a courtroom. This, I know as little about court as I do about... Uh, I think I was... This is 95, so I was 14. Oh, that's me. I'm the one with the Oh, perm. yes, I can tell that that's... 
Definitely. That you was my friend Eric are. Youngdale's um, garage. Yeah, that's like a working garage. What's yeah. going on? You guys are like this inventing was, a formula for I think cold this fusion. Was let me see. This might have been art class. Oh, this was art class. But in that same gr- garage, what is it? Look? Okay, so it is a garage. I'm not mm-hmm, crazy. It's a garage, uh, and we were all friends. And this was like a summer class. This so is we so took cool. art art lessons from some other kids. They were like 18 and 19. The Warzhenikis, the brothers. They were two oh, good looking brothers. brothers that not knew to be confused to, with uh, uh, draw. Wachowski, brother and sister. No. Um, okay, so in that you, same so your garage, pa- I had so anatomy classes where we dissected cats. And who were all these different teachers? Oh, these are all kids. But I mean, like the people who were teaching the classes. Oh, the art class was um, that was the that was just friend that was just yeah. like friends but who, who would teach graduated. you anatomy, for example. There's there's um, there are umbrella schools, and this was a the umbrella school that I was in was Grace, and they um, there's a bunch of teachers that are signed up for it, and they're fully qualified teachers and they kind of travel around the county and the, there there are little group centers where you can go in i for instance i took um really great classes from a guy named greg bears i took a biology class from him in chemistry um in a, somebody's a garage that had been converted to a classroom basically and they had like sinks set up and everything and it was once a week and i had biology and we dissected something in pairs every single week and I loved Greg Bears. And it was uh, it was like high school. So it was all high schoolers together, like 9 to 12th grade. I don't know if I've heard the term umbrella school before. So is yeah. that, so so what is the... So do basically, you know much about, so like yeah. you can... Uh, it's a little bit more organized than just free independent homeschooling where you, you send your grades into the state. Okay. You can organize a curriculum. You, you sort of decide your... Your parents decide your curriculum. You can order books through them. And then you can send in your report cards and your your grades and everything, so that you it's all official. And um, so I was homeschooled. I went to to regular to private school through sixth grade, and I had a really hard time. And then seventh and when, grade. And when you, by hard time, do you mean that you were bullied, or do you mean that just I mean, it's what? just the whole process? I of wasn't being in bullied, the but I was a total nerd. I did not make it easy on myself. Yeah, I was asking for it. Good for you, though. I, I the practical one, the practical thing again. Um, third grade. I broke my glasses in the middle, you know, like right on the bridge. Yes. No, that wasn't it. It was on the side. It was the arm this time. <laughs> and um, my way of fixing it was to put scotch tape on it and hold the arm together because you bet they'll totally work. Yeah. Mom, you don't have to buy new glasses. I can just tape it. And she'd be like, are you sure that you don't want new glasses? And she's like delicately holding up a VHS box sure? of Revenge of the Nerds. Like, are you sure? And I was like, no, look, it totally works. It's practical. It's like, oh. it's fine. Like, don't worry about it, you yeah. know? And so she's like, okay. And then you would go to school and they would be like, you're that stupid. Was fourth grade. That was fourth grade. You're no. stupid. Your glasses are stupid. No, you're no stupid. it wasn't. I don't think I ever got like specifically picked on like that as much as just ignored. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the overlooked i know but then i'd go away to these bluegrass festivals and i'd have all kinds of friends lots of them being adults and then other like nerdy bluegrass kids yeah and then and I'd, we'd have a great time we have so much fun and total validation and then i'd come home to school and i was like oh man <sighs> this again Gotta hang out these kids. And so do you remember the conversation that you had like with your parents when you were approaching seventh grade uh yeah well, getting it, out of that private school and what that was like part of it was um yeah I, I think they were probably thinking about it long before they brought it up to me. But um, it was a really clicky school anyway, and there were some politics involved and some scandal, I think, up in the high ranks. And then, um, but also we were starting to travel a lot more, and Mm -hmm. I was still in this band, you know, 
that I we, I was eight when the Nickel Creek started. And so by the time I was in seventh grade, how old are you in seventh grade? Like 13? I think maybe even just 12. 12? Yeah, yeah, 12. 12. So we were, but festivals, bluegrass festivals start in the early summer and end in the late fall, like around September. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember that the, the, the school wasn't super happy with us missing the first week of school and the last week of school. What about your parents as teachers? Was that an issue for them? They're fine with it. They're like, it's like the the stuff you're doing is way more interesting than the first week of school where everyone's just getting how to pronounce your name. But I mean, like, what about your parents as teachers? Like, were they missing having to miss the first and last weeks of school as teachers? My dad? No, because at that time, my, um, um, I'm not sure how that worked, actually. Can we get them on the phone? This is very important. It's crucial. And I cannot continue. No, I'm not sure how that worked. Um, I don't know. This one, they might have just taken like a week off or something. There was this one party in Texas that uh, was really fun that we went to. <laughs> it was at a place called Nickel Creek Ranch, which is where the name came oh, from. Oh, okay. And um, it was at the foot of the Guadalupe Mountains. And it was just a week with all these great character people. And it was like, it was kind of like a family vacation, but it was, there was music and we would play, but then it was just this huge crazy wacky group of people hanging out for a few days and we would drive out there and it was it seemed like a really great opportunity at the time a fun experience absolutely so we did that a couple times and that was that's what took me out of school and the school didn't like that so Um, and you just and like you said about going back into the school and the difference between being surrounded by kids who are extremely specifically your own age yeah I mean, it sounds like you really did have this kind of experience of agelessness, right? I mean, do you? Yeah, I, 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 you must have sort of felt like well, adults I don't always. Know how, I think adults were always nicer to me than the kids that I was around at school because mm-hmm. it was a clicky private school. Lots of like, did, I don't know if you did the thing where um, you coordinate with girls what you're going to wear the next day. So it's like black leggings and like the white scrunchy socks mm-hmm. and then like the red scrunchy socks over that. <laughs> Cause God knows we needed an extra pair of socks. Because it's really then. cold. In, yeah. Uh, but like, so that kind of stuff happened. And then, you know, girls like, so one thing, one traumatic thing was I was at somebody's house and, uh, and they were coordinating with this other girl. There were three of us. And then the two of the other girls changed the plan without telling me. So yeah. I showed up the next day made an utter fool of myself wearing the wrong color socks. <laughs> we were all supposed to be wearing the same thing. And they, they split. Oh, my. I know. So and you can imagine that kind of trauma on a daily basis. I can only basis. imagine. I can only oh, imagine the tragic. horror. it was the tragic. Horror. <laughs> Those things are For some tragic, reason, though. it really hurt. I mean, not for some reason. It hurt, totally hurt my feelings because yeah. being left out. It's, it's a, an early way of... But see, I am, I am impressed and appreciate the fact that you had that pragmatism and that you that you were practical because I do feel like, like I will say this: this is a traumatic story that I've definitely never told before, and I'm still I still feel. How do you still have intense, those? I know with as much as I know what you're thinking and what you're saying is you fucking will not shut up. On no, your that's not what How I'm saying. Any stories? But, left. but you're, you know, you you uh, with the podcast. It turns out that we all have like a multi, like so many experiences that I still feel like it's there's a lot that's untapped, like this gem. I am so I feel such shame about this. It's probably one of the reasons I've never told it before, but I am really as I've said, I'm batting a thousand and I've made a fool of Let's myself so many times already in this podcast episode. But um we my dad had friends who were much better off than we were and um 
I think he had gone to school with, with one of them. And they lived in like a really fancy neighborhood and he was a dentist and um, they had a lot of money and they had a pool and we would go over and hang out with them. And the daughter who was my age just had everything. You know, she had like, when everybody was into guest jeans, she had like eight pairs of guest jeans and when everyone was into, and so there was a point at which swatches were getting very, very popular as they should have been and as they remain because they're awesome. Mm -hmm. And she, I couldn't afford a swatch and she had like, seven swatches and this is probably when i was like seven something like that Aww. maybe um and i so you were you were aware so, of the outset you were aware i was of things so you aware yeah. exactly that's kind of where i'm going with yeah. this and i was so aware and i was so envious and i i remember thinking i don't have even one and i can't afford one and if i took one she probably wouldn't even realize it was gone because she's so, she's has all the stuff she mm-hmm. has so much stuff and so I took one and I felt so weird and bad about it. I just felt, so. I was like, it's that feeling where like your heart's in your throat yeah. the whole time. I had it, I had it. And then I, I like hadn't thought through how am I going to account for where I got this? And you know, what, what, what comes next? I'm just going to sit and look at it in my room because mm-hmm. I can't wear it. So, and I was just like, and then I was horrified. And then I was like, I can't give it. Of course, I'm like in the car on the way home going, I should, I shouldn't have done that. I should just, I wish I could get it back there because now I don't know what I've done with this, what I'm going to do with this thing. And I got home and I didn't even want to do this, but like, I was like, well, now I have it. I guess I have to like figure out how to make it be a thing that I can have. So I went, I snuck outside later that day, the same day that we had just been with, with them. I went outside and I like sprinkled some dust on it, like some dirt on it to make it look like it was, had been on the ground. And I went inside and I was like, dad, I just found this swatch. And my dad's like, Oh wow. So this just was on the ground. I was like, yeah, it was just on the ground in front of the house. And he turns it over and the girl's initials have been scratched into the back. Wow. And he goes, is this June's watch? And I just burst into tears and I had to like the next day, like drive to her house with my dad. And I like, my face was beet red and I had to hand it to her and say, I still feel so sad when I think about this. I I had to look her in the eye and say... I took your watch. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I was so ashamed of myself. And it made me feel so much more poor Mm -hmm. than we even were. You know what I mean? To have to eat crow like that. But I really did feel like this tremendous remorse. And it was a really good lesson. Yeah. But ay, ay, ay. I do think most kids steal something little. Like... I do think that I think most kids steal, especially like candy and gum. Yeah, and stuff from I think the store. And I did. Candy. I mean, I did steal stuff from like big department store kind of places, like Walgreens and stuff, when yeah. I was a teenager because I was a jerk. But, but I never stole from another person except that one time, and it just felt like as much as you feel violated when someone takes your stuff. I felt I felt like your soul I had, had violated, been violated myself. Yeah, yeah by yeah. taking it, it was such an uncomfortable feeling. Yeah. Did you ever take anything? I took chocolate chips from the bulk bin at uh-huh. Boney's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at Boney's? Uh-huh. It's a there. natural food store. Of course it was a natural food it store was- that you guys shopped. <laughs> Please, bluegrass. Please. They were, um, you know Henry's? Do you ever heard of Henry's? Mm-mm. Oh, well. Is Henry's a great natural food store that I should know Well, about? Henry's and Boney's were together, and they, they were, okay. it was all Boney's, and then the brothers, they broke up. How it do you spell Henry's Boney's? Now. 
with an E-Y-S, I think. Okay. B-O-N-E-Y-S. All right. I had never thought of it as being funny until just now. Yeah, it just sounds like, I can, I just Bonus. imagine someone being like, uh, yeah, because you can't survive on health food. Like, you're going to be too skinny. <laughs> I mean, there are just a million jokes that you can make. None of them funny, by the way, but <laughs> that wouldn't stop me. I think, uh, yeah, so anyway, so that's what I did. And I told my brother, and then every time there were sirens outside, you know, like a car driving by, he'd be like, they're getting, they're coming to get you. And I was, <laughs> like the first five times, I was so petrified. Like, yeah. and I went over it in my brain so many times, like, they probably weigh the bin. They they weigh the stuff that comes out. They'll know there's a difference. They're like they weigh you as you they, go in and out of the store. <laughs> you step on the scale. Oh they my god! I heavier had it. I was sure in. that I was I was gonna be caught. Oh yeah, yeah. that's rough. Well, I, I don't think I, I, I wonder stole how much. Anything. Yeah, I wonder how many chocolate chips. Like I wonder the t- grand total of like over mm. your life, how many chocolate chips worth you actually stole? Probably like twenty five cents. I don't. Yeah, maybe. I, I, maybe it, it was it was the the principle though of like like having stolen and having no the guilt and remembering the guilt next time you want something yeah. like it's not worth it. I it think isn't. it's good. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. Kids should steal things. I guess what we're <laughs> saying is, please get out there and thieve it up. What are you thieves? wasting your time? Oh go, my God. go to it. Put it. Spending money, spending your hard earned allowance. Um, and so, in terms of going to. Uh, Home, being homeschooled, how did you did you have a sense? I know that you weren't interested in repeating your experience that you had when you were uh, going up through sixth grade, but did you have any kind of a sense of like that you were missing anything or any kind of longing about the big kind of social life of high school? No. Which, by the way, I avoided like the plagues. So Honestly, like- I didn't have. I had one. I had two friends, two friends in school that weren't really friends. Like I never. We were never. We never really got along. Um. But we played together. I had one friend that was out of school. My mom's friend's daughter, Taryn. We grew up together. and um, But a couple friends in school, but really not many. Um, not for any length of time, anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, your friends for like a, a year or something. And you were traveling so much. and not, I mean, at that time, well, I, was in, I was in school all the way. Like, yeah. I, was, I was in it. I'd miss a week here and there. Okay. But, that didn't, but um, seventh grade was my loner year. That was the first year I was homeschooled. And it was awesome because i'd gotten um we, we had uh, my parents grew up with horses and we had a little bit of acreage waiting so there to was see a horse we get to the horse yeah tell me your horse's name again coco coco but he um so seventh grade was when i dug in with coco and that was All like right. that was a good year because so we would do school i'd be done by like noon or something and um and then i'd go out at lunchtime and i remember going out by myself like finishing lunch go outside by myself and i'm and business like i'm gonna mess around with coco i'm gonna mess with he doesn't like i want to mess with his ears i'm gonna mess with his ears he doesn't like it when i mess with his feet i'm gonna mess with his feet i'm gonna figure out how to do this i'm gonna saddle him i'm gonna he doesn't like getting pulled away from the other horse we're gonna do that we're gonna do that a bunch and um and i was like business time with coco (laughs) and it was such a great relationship he like so i had that was i must have been like we're 12 in seventh grade right so i think he passed away when i was 16 or 17 we had to put him down. But those four years were like a decade and a half. They were so oh, great. Cool. So I would ride with him. I ride him all the time. That it is was awesome. so good. And it was like the independence that I learned from him and yeah. the relationship and the strength that I felt from like developing that relationship. From like developing that relationship. <laughs> the strength. <laughs> Welcome to every word out of my mouth. Every time I think I'm a smart, intelligent, well-spoken person, I listen to my own podcast for five seconds and every other word out of my mouth is like, I don't know when that happened. I I remember my father giving me 
endless reams of shit about it because yep. he is so proper and he's an english teacher and a writer and author he, he would say to me can you imagine if i wrote like in my books the amount of times that you say like in a sentence mm-hmm. and i remember being so chagrined because i yeah. idolized my dad yeah and yet somehow still i yeah. cannot get through without saying it as if it's an um or a, a breath it. or a pause yeah, or anything just, like just that you do not have words. that like i have that so Goodness. do not worry but anyway so you were like developing that relationship it was great with like, your it was it was this huge independence for me where i felt like i didn't uh i wasn't missing friends i wasn't didn't feel lonesome at all it was just broing down with with yeah. my horse and it was so great and i take care of him and I felt like he was taking care of me. Like it, it was a great relationship. You really had, you had the sort of quintessential relationship with an animal that I would just read about in books, but I didn't even, I wasn't even allowed I, to I do believe that the horse that. and girl thing is a big deal. There's something about that strength that I don't know. I don't know what it was. Um, probably many things, but I didn't, I didn't ever really want to, I wasn't looking for a boyfriend or anything for a very long time. And I think that's cause I, I had a great relationship with my dad, but also that horse situation was just like I got I already have that like yeah I have this big strong thing that I can yeah who's my teammate you know That's I don't so cool it was really really good for me really because I think I was about to jump ship I was about to just like fine I'll be whoever you think I am I'll I'll do that whatever you want I'll yeah. I'll be that person for yeah. school's sake for socializing when did you finally get interested in boys Mm, well i liked men i liked not to the point where i would ever want to do anything i wasn't active of a flirt um but i did not not till my late teens was i seriously interested in in like uh in curious i think would you have crushed so in your teens playing music and stuff would you have crushes on people that were older than you yeah opposed to like some guy at i would have i would adore people who are older than i am i would like love people who are like men who are 30 and above Mm -hmm. me too because i felt like they they didn't pay attention to me they didn't you know for better or for worse yeah maybe so but like they there's they just seemed real like they weren't talking down to me they weren't um trying to impress or didn't care like that's the other thing because they've got their own lives yeah but everyone gets cooler when they're after 30, right? I mean, that's just kind so. of how it goes. Guys, you have something to look forward to if you're not yet 30. <laughs> get ready to get extra it's cool. It's pretty cool. I mean, you just stop caring about everybody else. And that's By the way, really I appealing. hear that that continues to happen in your 40s and 50s, too. That you just, the more the older you get, the yeah. more comfortable with yourself you are. And the more yeah. you're just, like, not wasting all of that time and energy wondering if you need to redefine yourself. Yeah, to you're busy living rather than, like, thinking about it all. Yeah, you get busy living a get busy diet. <laughs> Anytime I can pull that chestnut out. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, so then, teens, like, yeah. in my teens, I had crushes on people, but it wouldn't, I never had a boyfriend or anything. It wouldn't, wouldn't get into that. Because I never, I was also very serious about it. Like, if I, this is, this is not, gonna, this isn't going to last. I wasn't in for a fling. Yeah. But then I think I was so, so intense on, on wanting something that wasn't just a stupid fling that I was like, holding off for too long and then i got petrified and paranoid and then i was like all right we're just gonna do this yeah (laughs) it's so hard to know setting those (laughs) timelines for yourself and i mean just to bring it into the present i was just having that conversation with someone who's going you know going through a breakup and obviously they know they for themselves because it was a very important relationship to them they have made the decision to not date for however long it feels like they need to not date Mm -hmm. and um 
and, like a fast. And, and it is like a fast. And, it, and, and that's a really great way of putting it because the whole conversation we had was, you know, he was like, but when I'm ready, quote unquote, I'm also going to be so hungry. And I don't, I mean, I suppose I mean that in a sexual way also just to get real, mm-hmm. but also emotionally, if you've sort of made the decision to be emotionally and physically celibate so that you're working on yourself, mm-hmm. then you sort of pat yourself on the back for that because you don't just rebound and go into something else if you're afraid of being alone, yada, 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 yeah. but that you then wonder, yeah, but am I going to have the presence of mind to really make great choices if I'm just eager to be intimate or even eager to find someone am I going to have the perspective that I you know to be able to take it slow or am I going to go the opposite direction which you just described which is am I going to be so specific and I'm going to be so worried about the next step too that I end up sort of starving myself even longer it's tough it is tough and I don't know that there's a right way to do it I mean balance is always a good thing to strive for but for me like how, how do you know when you're in it like what the right decision is. And then it gets like, it seems to get more and more critical. Like, especially when you're, if you are holding off on some decision, like I, um, the first time that I was kit that I, that I got, that I kissed anybody, I had to ask them to kiss me because I was just like, this is not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> like, we've just got to, I just got to get this, get over with because nobody seemed to be approaching me because I wasn't really presenting myself in that way. Yeah. Also, I was. So, what was the situation? Can you give me? Can you give me a loose description of the circumstances upon which you were, were forced to say, "Will you kiss me?" I had planned it. I knew it was going to happen because there's this guy who I knew wouldn't care, um, because he's kind of probably a slut. <laughs> and uh, and yeah. I um, and so I was just like, "Here's the situation." And he had dated my friend, and she was like, "She's like, oh, you should totally get this guy." And um. And I was like, here's the situation. Let's just get this over with. And he's like, totally, absolutely. Where were you, though? It was in New York. At like a party or at like a... Yeah, basically. Okay. And um, and so and so that was fine. And then it was like, you know, a little while. Because I... The way that I flirt is by giving people a hard time. Mm, that's That's My kind favorite. of the way. And I'm not like... I'm not super suggestive. I'm not. I'm married now, so my style has changed a little. But like, (laughs) but like, I've I'm. I like to give people a hard time. I couldn't agree more, and I love giving a hard time back. And it's an interesting. It's so fun. It's an interesting gauge too, because I think you learn a lot about someone by the way they tease. Because I think you can tell when someone. It's it's delicate. Don't get me wrong, because you're risking the fact that they're going to take it a step too far and be just cruel, or that you're going to hurt Hurt their their feelings feelings because you don't know how much they can take. And I think that's very much in the comedy world too. Is there is this sort of gentle ribbing? And I was just talking to a girlfriend of mine who was like, I can't stand that, and she's one of the funny people I know but she was like I can't stand that to me that's still hiding behind something and I was like I don't know what to say but I promise you I'm not hiding any it's not about hiding anything for me it is about it's just about wordplay and it's better for me than than seeing someone across the room and just deciding they look good based on what pants they have on or whatever I mean yeah to me it's about I think you can read a lot into good-natured ribbing versus like out and out like there are sexy things that, flirting. Yeah, I don't. Totally. I, I, I don't know what to do with that. I it, got nothing. It, from her perspective, though, there are ways that I hide behind things that people probably don't have any idea I'm hiding. Like everyone mm-hmm. hides behind things that are, you know, that keeps a barrier, keeps them safe. There are things like that. And I'm sure some people use teasing as a way to um, 
avoid being intimate in a genuine way Mm -hmm. but um in a you know you're just meeting and hanging out kind of scene that's definitely the way that I preferred to and so I think a lot of guys didn't really know what to do with that and also by that time I was touring a lot and so really the only people I met were at shows or working the shows and so there was a weird imbalance and a weird temporariness to it all exactly totally so then you start like kind of uh, like it, it just is it's a very strange way to start dating but um oh and then somebody gave me the horrible advice of like oh well if you need if you want to if you want to like kiss people or if you want to have that kind of relationship with people like you've got to you've got to drink and i didn't really drink much oh, at the time it was that's horrible pretty advice. bad advice it's yeah. horrible advice i mean it works Oof, but yeah. it was really bad advice yeah liquid really courage <laughs> Yeah. yeah well and it's just more than just this lack of responsibility kind of thing a lack of responsibility and also <clears throat> yeah kind of a way to level playing field and in, in a way that's not like that's none not of, really fun none of us really care about this yeah. so we can just yeah. yeah and yeah there is there's like no investment in it and it is sort of this like oh i'm i'm so pleased that you really had a connection with this person that you were drinking with right cut to what is how much better and more interesting is it if you have that same connection with someone and you're not inebriated yeah it's really a completely different ball of wax yeah i get drunk on wax maybe i was not clear on that <laughs> i i nibble on balls of wax so i'm being very literal i'm not being figurative when i say that i'm glad we straightened that out um but it's like there's on the other hand it's, i you know maybe i would have turned into a nun had i had I not, I mean, yeah, I'm way, not you know, like I'm. I'm certainly say, not. But... I'm the last person to say, don't for God's sake, do not drink and flirt with people. That is not what right. we're saying. But that's not that's not the, the not person the who gives the advice. That, it's that, not that's the a answer. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But yeah, yeah. Um, hey, so I can't believe this, but we're already 50 minutes in, and I know we both have a hard out. I just wow. like to use showbiz <laughs> terms. So I'd love to do the fortune teller with you. This is a brand oh, speaking yeah. new, and I've only used it, I think, maybe once or twice. Victoria sent it quite recently. Um, I'll take a picture of this, guys, if anyone's curious. It is very cute and charming. It's the uh, the outside of the, the cootie catcher has is colors, and so this has four little smiling braces girl JV logos uh, in green, blue, red and uh i guess we can call this yellow it's kind mm-hmm. of orangey like so we mustard. can call it a mustard if you want to pick mustard i will happily spell mustard, mustard. please m-u-s-t-a-r-d and a number mm, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Two. One, two. um i just want one more five fiver fiver okay the five question is oh this is fun who did you look up to creatively famous or not or you could have an answer of famous and not famous. Who did I or who who, who did you look up to? Who did I look Whether up they to were creatively? creatively? Um, I mean, fiddle players. It, nobody knows. Stuart Duncan is the best fiddle player. Listen, we might have some real fiddle aficionados listening to this because they love you who know who that is. Stuart Duncan. They will, they will know. They will know. He is the best. Um, and I'm trying to think... Uh, that's my elbow. Wow. It sounded like, I don't know what. Do you have a plastic elbow? <laughs> maybe. Maybe it's good. Maybe I is will. Is that Fiddler's I elbow? Will, I will oh have Oh my God, you soon. have a bad case of Fiddler's elbow. Oh, is that a thing? It's a good case. Is, it a, is that a thing though? Yeah, probably. Like tennis elbow? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we get, we get stuff. Who do I look up to creatively? Um, you know what? My Aunt Joni. 
is super creative. She... What if you were like my Aunt Joni Mitchell? <laughs> like, that's how I found out that you were related to Joni Mitchell. And then I just, a puddle of she pee. She paints. A puddle and of pee on poetry. the carpet. And I'm like, what? I think she lives near here in the hills. I pass out. Yeah. Um, no, my Aunt Joni, I used to write letters to her when I was, you know, we were pen pals, oh. you know? And she, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, is it your, bro- your mother's my or your, your mom's sister, okay. older sister. And they, she now lives next to my parents in my, my grandma's old house. It. Yeah, Joni. And she makes things like crazy. Like she, she's got these walnut shells and she's got a little Dremel, Dremel, kilo, Dremel kits. And she'll make, you know, a mandolin out of a walnut shell. Oh, and I love it. these little, um, you know, all kinds, hand carved. Everything is just hand done. She makes doll clothing and, and sews the tiny little, tiniest, oh, I, I mean, everything. Tiny things. And I would love Joni. She's, she's the, the kindest, sweetest person. Oh, that's a great answer. Birds go to her. Like, like she's just... She's Snow White. Yeah. That's amazing. Those are, those are two really great answers. I say not knowing anything about fiddlers, but Thank I'm you. sure Stuart is you can, you can phenomenal. Trust, you can trust me on that one. I completely and totally trust you. would disagree. Um, let's do this, this, this thing. I've only done one other time. I did it on... What episode did I do it on? I cannot remember. Maybe Laura Keitlinger. Um, this is a, an exercise that uh, Lucy Davis told me about that might be kind exercise. of fun. I know it sounds... Uh, suddenly I turned like act, inside the actor studio, but... Um, I'll, t- I'll tell you afterwards what all of this is supposed to mean. It's supposed to be just like a fun kind of like, I, I, this is almost like in the back of a magazine kind of thing, but we'll see what you say. So first I want to picture you, I want you to picture a desert. Desert. And that can be whatever you want it to mean. It doesn't, it can be empty. It an can emotional be full of things. It can be, but it is a physical desert. It is an actual place. Got it. Um, uh, what is that? What are, what are you picturing? What do you see when you think about a desert and sand with tiny sprigs of roughage coming okay. up? Little little bit of uh, not complete sand brush. dunes. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, more barren than the than, than like a brushy desert. A little bit more barren. A little bit more. Uh, there's um, some like tiny little low grasses. Mm-hmm. What know? color is it? Is it very beige or is it red or is it? It's pretty beige. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Beige desert brown with and some little... Brownie green Some little grasses. Foliage. Yeah. Okay. Um, next, I want you to picture a cube. A is it going to reveal something about me? It's supposed to, but it's... In public that be, I don't know yet? Oh, please. It's not going to... It's, it's not going to be anything like, this is how sex is for you. It's not like that. It's a little bit like that, but it's it's not it's not like that. It's not really like that. Um, and also, like, who cares? But... Uh, so a cube, you know, could be any kind of a cube. Is it translucent? Is it transparent? Is it uh, colored? Is it big? Is it small? It's blue. It's, look, it's like ice cube. Oh, okay. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's not It's not an ice cube. It's just kind of a little bit darker than that. Mm-hmm. It's uh, solid. Is it so- soft edges, a little bit of nope. a... It's okay. A, it's, it's, so it's solid, but it's small like an ice cube, but it's blue. It's about the size of a softball. Okay. And it's... Um, Maybe a little deeper than an ice cube, more like a um, like a like a deep water blue. Mm, like beautiful, it sounds beautiful. Yeah, I, it's really pretty. You should As see I coax it. you, it sounds beautiful, doesn't it? Because <laughs> I know what this is going to end up meaning. Um, okay, now I want you to picture a ladder. A ladder. What does it look like? Is it very very tall? Is it leaning on something? Is it standing on its own? Is it on the ground? How do you? Well, at you first picture? I pictured this. Um, aluminum ladder for construction that you know is like a doubled over mm-hmm. you can fold it in half or you can make it a giant uh fireman's ladder mm-hmm. straighten it out okay. and then you said it's leaning on something and i pictured a red ladder leaning on a tree which one do you think i should pick? <laughs> i like the red ladder leaning on the tree okay so we're gonna go with that 
Uh, by the way, I'm not going to know how to interpret any of this stuff because I'm not, I, I didn't come up with this. Um, uh, now it's time for you to picture a horse. So okay. do you picture? I'm picturing, Coco? Um, not Coco. Okay. I'm picturing Missy. She's okay. an Appaloosa. Okay. She's oh, Appaloosa kind of is like so beautiful. Chestnutty red mm-hmm. color, with little spots on her What's rump. What's her personality like? Um, she's she's kind of docile. She's a little old, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, she used to have she used to have some spunk in her. But Isn't this your family's horse? My, it was your... my mom's horse. Yeah. Okay, Missy. All right. Um, and then uh, now it's I want short you to for mischief. Her. She's not really. She didn't have mischief. much mischief in her after. Okay. In her later I'm like it's tricky when I'll tell you in a second why okay. it's tricky when you pick something that is like a real thing instead of like just some oh image. should I should I imagine like a horse a, yeah like an imaginary it's a, I don't know but I got like that. maybe maybe you can imagine a I horse. can do that okay what's the horse are you imagining he's um he he is a, a gelding he is he's got he's like a, a yellow um I want to say um what are they called palomino okay all right what's his personality like Oh, he's wild. Nice. He's spunky. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. But I see this is a positive enthusiasm we have about this horse. Great. Um, and now I'd like you to picture a storm. Uh-huh. How does that make you feel? Where are you in the storm? Are you out in it? Are you inside looking out at it? Do you enjoy it? Are you f- afraid of it? Is there lightning? The st- is there rain? What kind of storm is it for the you? The storm is happening in the, in the desert that we spoke of okay. earlier. Mm-hmm. And the storm is whipping up all kinds of stuff. Yeah. There's all kinds of trash and stuff being like whipped around windy my hair is getting whipped around yeah is it raining it's exciting not yet okay so it's it's just windy it's the dry wind wind before a rain before the storm but are you hearing thunder are you seeing oh yeah there's there's thunder how do you feel about being out i'm excited you're into it i love it okay so (laughs) (laughs) well i've unlocked the secret to your soul um (laughs) this is what lucy told me so the desert is supposed to be how you perceive your life now, I don't know what to do with that because, like, if you just say your life is completely barren and empty, then what does that mean? Versus you said, like, you don't, you didn't have bad feelings about it. You were no. like, it's lonely and empty. You no. were just like, it's very placid. It sparse. It's beige. And then there are these little shoots of, of grass coming up in it. Simple. There you go. I mean, like I said, I really don't know. So now it becomes up to you to interpret everything. Mm-hmm. The cube is how you see yourself. So words that you described were deep, beautiful, I think you said. I'm amazing. (laughs) Um, Not you were. It was more opaque. It wasn't something you could see right through. So maybe you're not so easy to just get to know, like through an exercise. You don't don't know me. (laughs) And I also love the color blue. (laughs) Um, So your that's your cube. Uh, Your ladder is uh, how you see your friends. So as you can imagine, I thought it was a little more friendly to have a red ladder leaning against a tree, which is very sweet. Yeah, but my first picture was more practical. It was very practical too. (laughs) But you know what? It's that's very practical. You're a practical person. Yeah. Um, Either way. Uh, so the horse is how you see your partner. So that's why I said it was tricky to picture Missy because yeah. I, that's probably not your husband, but you did. What, how do you feel that the, the gelding that you described, is there a sense of your <laughs> husband's personality I, in it? I love that I clarified that he was a gelding. <laughs> why did I feel the need to say that? He was. A, maybe I've gelded him. Oh, there you go. You know that you can trust him, him because he's not going to be out there uh, like a wild man. But he still has, yeah, it's like a tamed passion. Yeah. 
I like that. I'll go with that. Um, and then the storm is how you perceive difficulties. So you're out in the middle of it. You're ready for it. It's exciting. Things are blown around and you're not shirking away from it. You're not running from it. Um, it's interesting that it's windy. It's not raining. Again, I don't know what any of this means. So you can <laughs> interpret that however you see fit. But what do you think about that? How does that, how can we play that into you perceiving difficulties? Like the fact that it's a storm and there isn't even rain yet. Well, I love wind. I mm-hmm. really love wind. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's God kissing me. <laughs> Adorable. I love God wind. blowing trash around in the I desert at you. I love it. I do. Yeah. I love the chaos of it. Um, yeah, this house gets really windy and the sound of that bamboo swaying back yeah. and forth in the wind is so like, yeah. something so great about it. I bet. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You've lots got a of great, trees for a lots great of wind, wind sounds. House. Yeah. Yeah. I bet you get some creaks and things. Oh, it's very... There for sure, like things have blown from other yards, like umbrellas mm-hmm. into my yard, and my uh, <laughs> outside chairs are aluminum, so they actually get blown across the deck when it's really windy. Yeah. So oh, yeah. it's a big deal. Yeah. It's a big to do. Um, I think I like um, I like wind and storms because I feel like ultimately I'm I've never I've never been in the kind of storm that makes me feel like I could die. Mm-hmm. I've not been super close to tornadoes. Where I'm enough, terrified of tornadoes. Enough where it's like, oh, I could die. Like, we've been up close, but nothing like that. So I have the advantage of not having any real... And I also have this weird feeling in me always that, like, if it hasn't happened to me yet, it probably won't happen. Mm. Like, like if I haven't hit my head on that thing yet, I probably won't ever hit my head on that thing. Yeah. Which is not true at all. <laughs> it's just a way like of me not being worried. It's just, I'm a, I'm a wreck because of that. I run into things. I, I walk into walls. I just, I'm, a, I'm like, but you're a wreck in the way cuts. that you can't, first of all, I am too. And I think I might have a little bit of what you described, but it also doesn't eat up the room of, in your mind of you always anticipating or agonizing. That's something the, yeah, that I, might happen. I'm not worried about things that don't happen Better. typically, but, um, but, um, yeah, I, so I like storms because I feel like ultimately everything's going to be fine. Like I, it's kind of exciting because I see all this chaos, but there's still like, there's still a a little confidence in where you stand kind of thing. I think that makes perfect sense, particularly uh, given what we now know about what the storm signifies. Um, Okay. So that I think was a smashing success. I'm very, very pleased with the outcome. Um, I, now I'm going to move into our final, uh, game of the day, uh, my personal favorite, I would say many of the listeners' personal favorites, is the Ooh. mash game. Ah, uh, the mash game. So we're going to play some mash. Uh, everything, mm-hmm. I, have, I have come up with nothing in advance, so I'm trying to think of some things based off the conversations that we had. Um, if you could have uh, three, are there, any, are there three instruments that it would be lovely if you could just be extraordinarily gifted at tomorrow with, without having to have learned them? Piano. Great. Pedal steel. Mm-hmm. And um I like that you're looking around in case I have some errant instruments lying around that you can't play. Let's I'm, do the saw. Oh, ooh, that would be fun. Be kinda cool, right? Oh, I will say quickly that the closest thing I have that sounds like a saw in my life right now is that dog, Whitley. <laughs> Whitley is a husky. And one of the things that I've heard about huskies that turned out to be true and is not true of Scott is that she sounds like a human being when she is trying to get attention and, um, she's getting used to her crate and she's actually really great in it. And, uh, 
and it's not i don't want anyone to be like it's so cruel to create dogs i promise you it's it's, it's her little cruel. den it's, it's her little cruel. den but when Please she is being in her when she's in her crate and i leave the room she's definitely like she's a rescue she's she's kind of working through her separation anxiety and mm-hmm. stuff we're doing a lot of work together it's going very well but her <laughs> moans could mm. not sound more like they're going to eventually become words mm. i mean it, they're so close to words I mean, try to do an impression, but it sounds a little bit like a do saw. It. it sounds a little bit like this. I swear to God. I'm going to try to record it. Is she it. doing that with her paws? Like the gesture? <laughs> he's like, I think on, I did guys. try to record it. Oh my God. I think I did try to record it. Oh my God. Um, I'm going to look at my voice memos. Really she didn't really respond when you were doing it. that. So yeah. I don't know that like, in, yeah, I don't know that great. it's like her language, but. Let me see if I. It's a whale. Oh, that's her banging on a crate. I was hoping for. Oh yeah, can't yeah. Can't you? Yeah, yeah. I can. I can. Look, it sounds like she's saying, "Help me." Gosh, I can't. Isn't take that, that amazing? Sound. Yeah, it's a horrible sound. I mean, it's horrible. Don't get me wrong. But oh. now, but like because I know no, I that mean, she's it's horrible fine. Because you, you know, she's gonna fight it. Yeah, she's fine. But <clears throat> anyway, that was. Uh, I'm glad that we were able to throw that in there. Um, okay, uh, what about communicating with three animals? If you could, if you could communicate, say telepathically with three different animals, what would a, they be? A, a stag. Ooh, love it. A horse. Mm-hmm. Mm. A ferret. Mm-hmm. Um, may have misspelled ferret. Great job, <laughs> Janet. Um, what about three... Did you read a lot as a kid? Uh, not a lot. I read a little bit. Films? What were you... Like, what imaginary worlds, if any, were you interested in? My imaginary Your world. Imaginary worlds. Okay. Yeah. So, but I did read. I read a, read a little bit because I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the option of creating uh, or stepping into three worlds that don't really exist. They could be something from film, like if you wanted to go to Middle Earth uh, because you enjoy Hobbits or Star Wars or whatever, or whatever you used to imagine as like this sort of magical place you would go. But I just want three: a circus, love it, um, Oh, just, I mean, yeah, I think if you just put the, the wooded mountain, I knew it. I just felt (laughs) that coming because that's how I feel about woods and forest. Yeah. There's nothing like it. Oh yeah. Wooded mountain. I've got it and I love it. Um, did you ever have a, like a desire to sort of be under the water, like in the sea since you grew up, like uh, to be able to sort of be a mermaid or to be able to sort of communicate or be. Yeah, with the Animals fishes in that way. Yeah, yeah. You, you should. You ought to put it under underwater world. Yep, in there. Under water world. It's it might it be fresh water though. The boogie boarding. It might be a lake, huh? Lake water. Yeah, yep. I like that better too. I feel the same. Uh, okay, um, next category will be if you could have played with uh, any musician, living or dead. Uh, three. Oh man. Um, play with any musician, living or dead. I feel like this is a, a cred, a cred thing. 
Oh, I feel like Do I have to impress like somebody. You. No, not at all. Play with any musician. I'd like to play with Tom Waits. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as I finish this, I'm going to drive away and I'm going to think of all these great I know. Examples. That's how this is. Everybody knows this is just off the cuff because I don't okay. let anyone plan in advance. Um, Ray Charles. Oh, love it. And let's get a... Let's get Mavis Staples in there. Love it. Credibility-wise, you've done very well for yourself, so no need to worry on that count. What a relief. Um, What about three uh, places in the world that it would be really lovely to have uh, maybe a second home, like a vacation home? Ooh, a vacation home. um, Alaska. I'm dying to go Alaska. I've never been. Oh, it's I, I didn't I cut out the two and said I'm dying to go Alaska. <laughs> like I went all Alaska on your ass. It's so great. Um, um how about how about the French countryside? A French a French villa? I'm in. I'm in. Um Oh, an instrument I would like to play is be the language of French. I would like to know French. I wish oh, I could. Know okay, that you know language. what? We'll go. I'll go languages next. So okay. I'm going to go okay. language and then I just put down French. French to remind myself. And then, um, okay, I've got. Uh, let's go south somewhere. Um, how about somewhere in South America? Let's mm-hmm. do. Um, let's do Patagonia. Great one. Everybody knows Patagonia is great. Up to and including the clothing. Um, okay, so languages. I've got French. Two other languages you'd like to be able to speak fluently. <laughs> um, two other languages. I would like to speak Swedish. You know, great. Perfect. Keep in the Why family. Not? Yeah. It's true. And then Icelandic or something. Oh, no. I think I should speak a Gaelic thing because nobody go. speaks that. Yeah. Let's go with... Um, let's go with... Uh, I'd like to speak Scottish. Love it. I would too. That'd be so cool. Um, okay. How about three uh, ways of transporting yourself through space that are not the conventional like automobile kind of option? Right. So the, the rocket, of course, the rocket Naturally. on your back. Naturally. Oh, the rocket pack. Got it. Mm-hmm. I feel like that could be a giant um, pogo stick. Love it. Right. You know what I was just thinking I kind of wish is I wish that because someone's a jet ski recently. I do like the experience of being on a boat and the right circumstances, but it takes so long. I wish I w- if there was like a way for a boat to be as fast as like teleporting, <laughs> but still Part to enjoy of the, the experience, experience of being on the boat is, is the being on the, the boat. It's not to get somewhere. You're totally right. It's not a mode of transportation. I take it back. That wasn't for you anyway. That was just me musing about myself. <laughs> Okay, so through space. The wings of a wings of a bird, right? Wings of bird an eagle. Wings. Love it. Oh, eagle wings specifically. Great. Perfect. Um, look, I know that you're happily married. So if you decide that you can't handle this category. I'm pretty sure I can. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for taking some real time to think about that. Uh, I would like to invite you to uh, list three crushes, uh, I guess preferably celebrity. They could be uh, alive, they could be dead, they could be um, a younger oh, version geez. of them, an older version of them, mm-hmm. anything like that. Three that you could, you know, enjoy one of these one of these getaways with. Robert Redford. Love it. Any specific era? Um, oh, gosh. 
um, I don't know when the movie that I'm thinking of was made. Mm-hmm, but just what movie? Um, it was like it was like some it was like a, a, a spy movie or something. sneakers. I think it was sneakers. Might be with with like uh, Sidney Poitier and um, River Phoenix was in it. And was it like was that like eighties? Uh huh. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, he was s- still super sexy and great. Not that he's not now. And then I mean, there's there's also Robert Duvall in um in Lonesome Dove. I like I like men. See, right? Love it. Yep, Robert Duvall, Lonesome there Dove. Are other people I could mention, but I don't want them to. I, they live in this town. I don't mm-hmm. want to. Yeah, we'll keep it uh, at a distance and like back in time a little bit. Let's so, do that. Got Robert Duvall. I've got Robert Redford. That's two Roberts. Oh yeah. Um. Hmm. Who? I'm sorry. I'd be taking some no, no, time no, here. No, that's really okay. I feel like I feel like there's a good answer to this. And um, I feel you like- know who I had like a wicked crush on pre and post, but this really hit it home for me was Keith Carradine in on when he was on Deadwood. But young Keith Carradine, he is so adorable to me, even with his giant teeth. Again, not telling you what you have to do. No, I. But this is my opportunity to give a shout out to Keith Carradine because I do not believe I've brought him up before. That's a good opportunity. That's good. I've taken it. I would say Chris Christopherson. That's great. It's not that far off from who I just said. Um, I mean, in no way do they look alike, but they're, they could easily have been in a movie together. Yeah. Let's go ahead and say mm-hmm. that right now. Um, okay, this is great. Um, I'm going to go ahead and have you tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay, pausing, returning with what can only be described as your imminent future. I'm I'm excited and distracted because Sarah brought me a CD because I'm going to play one of her songs at the end of this episode. Uh, so I'm I'm super super excited about that. Um, but before I lose myself in my excitement Da-da-da. about that, I need to report in. Yes. On some things. I'm 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 anxiously awaiting. It's all good because you gave such good options. I did. Uh, you know, you can't I mean, lose. I really didn't try to give myself too much to fail. Like you can't lose. Saw. Here's your here's your reminder okay. that you have to leave, and so do I. Um, okay. Uh, you don't know how to play the saw. I apologize for that. Mm. Um, here's what, okay. Again, I never know where to start, but I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, you live in a shack. Now, it's not a huge deal because your shack is you your options. second. I know because that's mash. M a s h is mansion, apartment, shack, or house. So that's I did not say in. that I wanted to live in a shack. Sadly, it's built in. It's built it's okay. in. Okay, that goes with the simplicity. Well, it does. But listen to this too. It makes sense to me because I think you have this beautiful rural camping like cabin shack in Patagonia. Oh, cool. What are you going to have? Some mansion in the middle of the? Nope. No, you need to have that sort of magical experience. Yeah, it's um, a fixer upper. This is <laughs> a fixer upper, and also a lot of the time, I think that you're at the uh, this we're going to say kind of ranch in Patagonia. You're also spending time chilling with all the underwater life oh, in a beautiful crystalline lake. Yeah, I mean that's going to be fantastic right there. That'll be great. Uh, you pop out of there, mm-hmm. and there's probably a horse waiting for you to take you back to the ranch. And you guys have a little exchange because you can understand what they're thinking. Dude! You guys can communicate with I'm each other. I'm so excited! Yeah, about this. that's pretty awesome. Um, I'm also very excited about it. Now, maybe when you get back to your ranch shack. You do a little practicing of uh, one of your uh, many musical gifts, in this case, pedal steel, Ooh. so that you can get ready for your gig 
with Mr. Ray Charles. Oh, kind oh. of sensational and amazing. I got, I got really excited um, about that. I seriously doubt, all due respect to Mr. Charles, that he speaks Scott, that he speaks Gaelic, uh-huh. uh, Scottish, but you do. Yeah. So whether or not it's you're able I to can have bring that conversation to the, with him. To our relationship. I mean, we're not really romantic, but yeah, just you can, you can, you know what? He's, he dug it all. He would get it. Yeah. He would appreciate it. Um, and if he doesn't, then I feel certain that Lonesome Dove era Robert Duvall. <laughs> Your sweetheart totally gets it. Totally gets it. And the two of you flit around on the wings of an eagle. So if that's not your next song, <laughs> if your next song, I am, I am, she I'm, set the microphone down. You guys, I meant to drop that. It, it, it she landed was. on, a, on the something very there. soft, so it wasn't as dramatic as as it that, could have been. This is congratulations. This is fantastic. Such. Good times. You know what's had. amazing is how actually joyful I feel right now. That's my favorite thing about Mash is that I sincerely feel it lifts the spirits of the person. My spirits who plays are it. lifted on the wings of an on eagle the- <laughs> with Robert Duvall. <laughs> Good stuff. Oh. Good stuff. Sarah, I am so, 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 so thrilled that you did the podcast. I've had so much fun and I can't wait to play one of your songs. And thank you so much for bringing me a CD. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know you wanted to play one. I just. I'm so excited and you can tell me if you have a preference of what you think would be a fun one to put on uh, on the end of this and uh, and then in the intro when I record it I'll give all the info on how to get the song and CD for uh, one's own I think if it's available yet there's a um, oh yeah it totally is great I think I want you to play this song called you and me because it is um, I wrote it thinking about how you change throughout your life yeah and how you're looking a lot of times now I look back I'm 32 but I look back on these different phases and how I was somebody kind of different and I was with somebody who was you know unique to that stage of my life absolutely and sometimes they're like family friends who grandpa figures and sometimes they're relationships or friendships or anything I'm really relieved you didn't say lovers because we both would have had to tease you about that Sometimes the lovers, it's not a no. word I'm comfortable with. These, yeah. um, I'm so excited about that. Okay, that's perfect. Obviously, that is perfect. JV Club Potter, I, you just put it back in your purse, so I hope you're planning on giving it to me after all. Uh, she <laughs> changed her mind after I said lava. Um, thank you so much, Sarah. It, uh, people can follow you on Twitter. Twitter and all the stuff. You and know, uh, all Facebook that good stuff. I think you're just at Sarah Watkins, right? I, Yes, I am. Yeah. Keep it simple, like me. Right. At Jan Varney. Um, okay, guys, uh, we will talk to you next time on the podcast. Sarah, thanks again. Thank you. I remember the light when the moon came round. The night flowers bloomed, the air so sweet. I remember you, I remember me. Central Valley sunshine, burn out town. Make your head all funny, so you stick around.
believing nerdist.com